more on Halo Talks NYC, I have the pleasure of having my new friend, Tyler Scott from Hit House, the man behind the bishop. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. Excellent. So we've got an entrepreneur here who uh, followed his uh, uh, passion into profession. You've taken an interesting winding road, and we want to hear how this has gone. So Tyler, give us your... You're a bridge background, since I know way too much of the details of your childhood at yep. this point. But go ahead and give our listeners a uh, the entrepreneurial uh, tops of the waves, if you will. Um, my wife, Dana, and I, we started Hit House back in April of 2017. Um, we wanted to create a cycling studio-type atmosphere, where it's just consistency of sitting on a bike and pedaling, and bring that to Muay Thai, where you're just consistently on our bag, Bishop, throwing strikes, punches, kicks, knees, and elbows. Um, and we just, we saw what the fitness industry was becoming, and I was blown away um, going to my first Soul Cycle class, 2014, when my wife Dana took me, and just seeing a community and group of people enjoying it. You know, it, I've never done it, it's not for me, but what is for me is locker rooms and a Muay Thai uh, camp and other fighters, trainers, and that sort of eclectic atmosphere and group of people. So did, did you see it as, um, did you look around at other Muay Thai concepts? Or I've been to, yeah, so I've, I've practiced Muay Thai for about 12 years, uh, competed in amateur fights. Because uh, I did six fights. So yeah, 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 no, it's, okay. look, my, uh, when I'm asked, like, oh, so you're a fighter. Nope, I'm just some asshole who fought a few times. Okay, but gotcha. I'm, gotcha. I'm perfectly comfortable with that. <laughs> no, but did you yeah. did you start Hit House because you saw, did you have a frustration with not finding what you were looking for? No, Do you feel like you all. wanted to curate your nope. own? Uh, to make money and take care of our family. Gotcha, gotcha. So what, what was the, uh, talk us through from, you know, starting up a partnership. It was with Dana, was mm -hmm. she your wife at the time? Uh, yes, so we've been together for nine years. Uh, we got married two years ago. Eloped all the way down to City Hall. Thank you. No problem. Um, uh, her grandmother comes from a rich Jewish heritage. She was a so uh, you know Holocaust. what Mazel Tov means. Then yes, I've been yeah, to perfect. a few uh, Passover dinners. Um, Seder's we call them. Thanksgiving. Call them whatever you want. Thanksgiving with as long, long Island show Jews. Up, it's yeah, fine. It's we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah great. Yeah. Do you try to chop liver? Uh, no, uh, but um, same accents. Everything I got from Seinfeld. You okay, know, yeah. got it. So you'll fit in <laughs> just fine on this island. I hope so. I've been here for 14 years now in New York. So, so you fit in. You fit in enough, yeah. I guess. So when you started the business, yeah. though, and, and you started with your wife, um, because we do have a lot of listeners that that have turned their businesses into family businesses, yeah. um, you know, talk about some of the things, you know, how do you and your wife kind of say, like, okay, we're going to leave this in the studio and we're going to bring this home, or, or has it kind of been intertwined? <sighs> These are the things people need to hear yeah. because they, <laughs> they need to know they're not alone, right? Yeah. No, I, I can appreciate that. Yeah, it's nice to hear that. <laughs> we get her along, uh, along very well. Um, she makes me laugh. It was lust at first sight when I saw her. So, uh -huh. And then it turns out she's funny, and nine years later, um, yeah, it's, you just kind of take it as it comes. You don't really have – there's no playbook to it, um, just our personal experiences. We get along well, and we disagree. And then it usually shapes out mm -hmm. on its own. And um, yeah. have, you, have you guys actually like the like um, on paper kind of like divided up roles and responsibilities, mm. or is it kind of just like, hey, we're yes, we're a team here and correct. Okay, uh, we formed uh, an S corp 
uh, for Hit House. So Hit House Inc. is the S Corp, and there's only two shareholders, uh, 50-50 between Dana and I. Um, and then we have some verbal deals with family that helped us out early on of what the payout will be because we do want to grow into a, a large brand. So I see you teaching 1230 class today. Yes. So check your schedule. Yep. How much of the time, you know, how much of the studio is, is an expression of yourself versus like building a team up and saying, okay, I'm going to put other people in here and train them up. Cause you know, obviously if you run a class that your, your yeah. profit margins, obviously no, higher on paper. Damn. Um, you're not just the money guy. You're, you're philosophical. I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm just trying to think through everything you got to deal with. Cause I've been yeah, yeah. there, man. It's not easy. It's so not easy. I want people to know this is like entrepreneurial therapy. Yeah, you know, it is. It's, I feel like it should be a couch guests. laying back on the couch and you got your notepad. Nobody knows where we are right now. Yeah. We're on two couches right now and I'm charging you 90 an hour. So, so when so as you look uh, yeah. at the schedule, do you, yeah. you kind of sometimes say like, Hey, look, I'm, I'm just going to like crush it this week. Cause like one of my soul cycle instructors that I go to still, you know, he teaches like 40 classes yeah. a week and I'm like, and look, nuts. it's free. Right. We're not exactly. Paying ourselves. exactly. It doesn't cost you money. You have to be thinking at overhead at all times, you know, and, and trying to manage it that way. And then you do want the studio to reflect your, cause that's why we started it. Like, what do I like? You know, yeah. Muay Thai, it's a, it's a lifestyle and it's a big part of my lifestyle, but it, it's, it's just a part of that lifestyle. So you, the similarities between what we tried to create, uh, at hit house would be that locker room type of mentality without the, uh, hyper masculinity that can sometimes occur and, um, just make it cleaner, a little sexier. Yeah. So, so the, you know, mass market appeal for Muay Thai, like how, right. how has that evolved over time? Uh, very well. The UFC, uh, by creating known fighters and stars, you got to see them on a, on a personal level right. and behind the scenes, which everybody loves to see an athlete. And now that, you know, it's amazing with Dana White, just going back. Cause it's when I, when you say Muay Thai, it's, it's the standup, um, approach used in mixed martial arts in the UFC. Mm -hmm. So every guy and girl, you fighter, you see in either Bellator or the UFC, when they're on their feet, throwing strikes, core of that is all Muay Thai kickboxing or comes from Muay Thai kickboxing out of Thailand. So throw in some wrestling and some Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And then that's when you have the mixed martial arts. So, Got it. um, but you know, six years ago, Dana White saying, I don't want to see women fight. Women are pretty, you know, very misogynistic and bit of an asshole comment, but mm. it, it, it's, I don't think you really meant that's a whole nother issue. But the point is, is now how quickly he turned on a dime and now how popularized the sport has gotten, especially with women. So right. it's, it's a whole new type of celebrity of that female athlete of, you know, one of your questions is what's your least favorite word? I was thinking about my favorite word, like probably platypus just to be funny. But okay. Least favorite word is the word bitch. Oh. And it's used a lot, especially and even with male, male to male approach to that, using that word of trying really? to find weakness. It's one we can curse. Is that all right? No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll put an explicit <laughs> disclaimer on, I guess this right. one, but that's um, fine. Yeah. We'll keep it as clean as possible. Yeah, but yeah. you know, if you want to talk shit to another guy or, or amp yourself up, whatever, call him a coward, a Muppet. So you that's work. what you're saying. And people do that, not in your gym, but not, yeah, not well, that's one place, thing we're trying to promote in our gym. Right, right. And that it's you take that you take that aspect of competition out of it mm -hmm. and then so it's really more about self-confidence rather than self-importance and and don't get me wrong majority that's why we thought this would work in a setting like this because when you do go to a traditional fight camp to the nicest most eclectic group of people you've ever been around and it, it should be popularized and it should become more commercial and be available to a larger scale of people so so when you talk about um you know muay thai as a, a as a modality what are some of the results that people get 
when they when they do this versus some of the other workouts where maybe it's just like kind of like cardio on a bike or you know like hey i went to a, effectively i went to a dance club yeah you know, I no, a bicycle. so what do you what do you what do people expect uh i don't know what they expect um but what we want to create is not only are you going to burn maximum amount of calories, which you do, you're, it's full body workout, you're throwing full swing kicks, full swing punches, and that's more about our bag, which we can get into mm-hmm. later. But the overall concept is you're going to burn calories and get your full body workout in, but also learn something at the same time. So it's like if you were taking piano lessons, but in a cardio sense where you're you know doing high knees while learning the piano and you actually do get better at the piano. So we really wanted to bring that aspect into Hit House as well. So all of our instructors have fight competition experience. Um, trained in traditional camps for a long time, really have an understanding of the sport and, and the, and the technique and the art. Um, and so what are they, what are the people expecting? I don't know. It does, it doesn't matter. I think some people come in and they just want it to burn calories. Like, look, I don't give a shit. I just want to burn a lot of calories, have fun. And like, I don't care. And that's, that's what, what we want. That's what it should appeal to. And then there's some that really want to nitpick on technique and, and proper form. Um, but they're still able to just kind of go, 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 go. So a cycling class, when you go to a soul cycle class, you're not looking to compete in the Tour de France. Right. But not everybody's meant to. And sure, so, sure. So it, it's the same thing with Muay Thai. Not everybody's looking to fight in the cage or the ring, but you can get in there and you can learn a little bit. And I'm with you. Thanks. How many, uh, <laughs> how, how many, you know, you're, you're at, besides like your, your ultimate member you know or you know somebody who's there you know five six days a week do you, do, what, what how do you view people kind of cycling through mm. muay thai as like okay this is part of my routine i do it two or three days a week and then yeah. i subsidize it with some other workout do you because i feel like in new york everyone's got so many choices really and just like with with switch playground like it's like all right you're not gonna do switch seven days a week you're not gonna do muay thai seven days a week you're not no. gonna do soul but if you kind of continue if you're if you're on somebody's routine like that's kind of where you want to be. Yes. So how do you think about yes. like recommending someone like how many days a week should they train with you on average? Um, you know, be, instead of being like an ultimate user, but like a, a mass market approach to. Yeah. I could, you know, I would say a trillion dollars you should invest in Muay Thai. Um, yeah. At least. But, so somewhere we'll meet in the middle. <laughs> um, what I recommend to people it's look, class passes set the market. That's just the truth in New York. Um, they said now what, what does something cost? What are people willing to pay for it? And class passes now set the market on majority of who your people are going to come in. If you are trying to appeal to this, it's in their cycle. Like you said, that's a great way to put it too. It's just like, it becomes the routine because so much of getting results in fitness and diet is routine, just consistency. No matter if it's, if you choose to swim and eat uh, plant-based diet, you're going to get results. If you do keto and you strict to keto, religiously where there Mm -hmm. are no cheat days and you do, you know, some cross training with, with Muay Thai, you're going to get results. It's more about the consistency and staying at it. And, and you know what you did this morning, right? I know you're half kidding, but you, you seem like you get up and you try to do the same damn thing every day. Yeah. yeah. And that's the most effective for long-term health. And so let's talk about class pass because obviously there's, there's positives and negatives to it. You know, when they first came out, they were effectively like subsidizing workouts for millennials for a couple of years with venture capital money. Um, and you know, they said that they were like kind of in partnership and kind of just making a market between the studios and the members. And then, you know, they'd come and control the market now. Yeah. So how do you, you know, part of it's like, okay, look, I know if I price my classes properly, you know, according to their credit system and algorithms and everything else that I'm going to get, you know, 50% of, of my classes are going to be filled with class pass. However, 
I'm doing it at a lower rate than what my original projections were. Yeah. Right. So my revenue per class is down. My contribution margin, if we're talking finance, is yeah, yeah, no, is no. down. And um, but at least I know that like I don't have to wake up every morning and and try and hustle to 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 figure out how I'm going to sell ten pack to like <laughs> some guy walking down Spring Street. So right. How do you kind of psychologically say, all right, I got to be on this because it is the new norm yeah, for sure. But like, how do I balance that with like trying to get my member to be my member? You mean buy directly from you a 10 pack of classes? Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. or just, you know, say it's, like somebody says like, okay, what's your home studio? Yeah, like, so that'd be it- a marketing. So this is why Dan and I make really great uh, partnerships because <laughs> that's, we're seeing that we're, you know, a lot of our revenue comes from, we have a healthy amount of revenue that comes directly to us without class pass. Okay. We'll, we'll put it that way. And we've been profitable since August. Still a mountain of debt that I want to, you know. Uh, join the debt club, yeah, bro. Exactly. It seems like everyone yeah. you talk to has it. So just, it's just like something to wear with like a <laughs> badge of honor at this point, right? Yeah. And, uh, but everybody's getting paid every month. Yeah. And so Good. we're able to continue to grow. And so how do you take them directly away from, yeah, you have to have multiple locations until you have multiple locations. You, you can't, and unless you rely on the neighborhood that you're in, the neighborhood we're in is Nolita. They're calling it. I want to call it No Chai, North of Chinatown. To me, it seems racist. You could do that. Why, yeah. What, what, what's the Italians only get there north of city? Why not? I, mean, I mean, we're right. I mean, Grand Street is two streets down. Fish yeah. markets are, you go one street over and it's nothing but dumpling. So you want to create a new name for that No area. chai. We're talking yeah. like six block radius. So it's ridiculous. Right. Um, I mean, put yeah. up a sign, you know, go from there. See <laughs> no people. chai. I mean, yeah. I created the halo sector out of kind of the word wellness. So you can go yeah. no chai. No chai. Yeah. So um, with our uh, data and analytics we get from ClassPass, which yeah. is why they're such a great partner with this, um, we understand that we account for a third of that neighborhood's revenue to ClassPass. Um, oh. But and but where it that's ranks, a no chai, not that's a not no, chai, no lida, no lida. Well, right. there is no no chai yet. Right. It, well, now they're cut off a smaller like, as of like three it, minutes today. Ago. Yep. I'm going to run for Bam. city council of no chai. Somebody, somebody gave me a brochure <laughs> for a place in in downtown Brooklyn. They called it Dobro. Dobro. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't downtown exist. Bro- yeah, Dobro, downtown Brooklyn. Dobro. Down, oh, gotcha. Dobro. Were there a lot of bros down there? I don't know. A lot of- I, I, thought I was on the Jersey Turnpike and said, eat clean, bro. So I'm like, where does this guy come from? And where, why is he on the billboards, man? It's like I'm getting in, inundated with bro. <laughs> it, so anyway, it's a good word. It's a good word. So let's go back to Nocha. Yeah. Um, so with the neighborhood we're in right now, um, on a, so back to your question of how do we get the person just to commit fully to us? I don't think we're there yet where we're still trying to prove the concept and prove the brand. The neighborhood, um, compared to, say, Chelsea, um, does an eighth of the bookings through ClassPass. Nolita does that than Chelsea. So it's just okay. from 3,000 bookings to 24,000 bookings, the difference in neighborhoods. So the, the pool's already pretty small. And you, go, and you have to have somebody that lives two blocks away. And we have quite a few. And so when we took this space, we bet that we saw what was going on in Bowery. Mm-hmm. It's all new developments, residential, sure. commercial. There's a Wells Fargo bank now. The Whole Foods has been there for a couple of years. So it's really gentrifying, you know, but hopefully it's with every race, color, sexual orientation, identification. Yeah, I mean, Wells Fargo, I mean, that's really make money. That's and like make a gentrifying living, yeah. symbol in the neighborhood. Yeah, right? and, and with the Whole Foods, and, and but that's, that's our target audience where discretionary spending is going right. towards fitness. Where So how do you think about... You know, let, let's take no chai. Yeah. You know, on a serious, sure. at a serious level. So, from the traditional health club industry, you know, there used to be like door tags and like they would hand out flyers. And I got guys in Chicago that still like stand on the street and like hustle yeah. people to come in. So when you know you got this little micro neighborhood, 
you know, are you are you saying, okay, look, I'm going to let ClassPass kind of correct blanket that for me, or am I going to go? I got and enough do on direct? my plate. Like I see the so the maitre d's at all the Italian restaurants and trying going after the tourists. You yeah. know, like in in Little Italy, exactly, why it's no yeah. They're they're out there fist fighting each other over customers. I've right. seen two different fights at different times. I've only lived there for really? two years now. From maitre d's pissed off at one another for feeling like they poached their. It's kind of like upstreaming somebody catching a cab. Yeah. So imagine yeah. like you're so you're talking to a potential you know tourist of like try our Italian food. It's the best. Right. But you got two doors down where it's another family. Italian restaurant, and then they seem so well dressed, but they always they carry, are, yeah. But maybe they carry like a weighted menu. And I mean, and, and when, it's around not, when it's not busy and they're still out there, they are just fucking tired, like yelling at each other. They do not like each other, but you know, they. It's just kind of how it operates. Where so, you so you're saying it. you want Class Pass to to be like the Mater day hundred percent. Okay, we, exactly. She we, we, to we spent all of our money on our build outs. We want to make a clean space that's okay. going to last there for 15 years. The plumbing is excellent. The drywall is excellent. It's a beautiful studio with nice wood floors. We got showers, nicely done. Hair dryers, charcoal masks, everything you need. So we we wanted that to be a, a, a flagship, long term, first of its kind, and then from to expand it there to other places. Um. How, how many uh, bags are there? Or the bishops? How many bishops 32. are in the class? And did you come up with thirty-two because that square was square footage on the space? We want to give everybody, and it was a lot of trial and error. Just you know, you can do it on paper on a blueprint of all right. We want to give everybody seven and a half square feet of personal space. God, so that's about how much I get to the right. <laughs> so <laughs> on each side of you, and yeah. so. Um, but you can never count for some dude is six, eight and some dude is five eleven. some mm-hmm. women are. And so the bag is actually height adjustable. So it can move up and down, which is something else that we're, we're proud of that we created. And this is called the Bishop. The Bishop. Um, yep. So if you haven't seen it, go to uh, hithouse.com and there's some nice pictures of it. So as you've developed that, yeah. That, that's proprietary to your patent pending. Yep. Utility of, uh, a flexible multi-use, uh, connecting ceiling to floor striking device got it it's got a shorter term but that's the full term for the uh patent we got time here man so, <laughs> yeah i can look i can show it's funny time. It, but yeah um so have you looked at that and said hey look i've come up with this pretty awesome proprietary patented product why don't i go and, and potentially sell that outside or do you want to keep that keep that own? in-house i mean that's our that's our identity yeah okay. so it's, you know kind of you had a nice quote about um, a guy with Orange Theory Fitness that where you can only pump them out as fast. I can't microwave a manager, right? right? Same concept, but if you have the bag, that's the identity. Bishop, mm-hmm. Bishop is the mascot. Got it. Have you had people ask you, "Hey, can I get one of those for my house yes. or for another gym?" And you've said other no. gyms, yeah. And you said no. Uh, I'm not allowed to. I've said yes. That's as far as I can go with oh, okay. agreements. But yes, Licen- right. so, licensing deals. Oh, good. Um, okay. But in not here in the U.S. Gotcha. But no, just just thinking about, um, you know, where the future is or where it is, you know, right now. Yeah. And you say, okay, look, you know, I've got a product and there's demand for it. You know, should I let somebody buy Mm. my product or should I let them go find something that's similar, but maybe not awesome? Like we're invested with higher dose. So they got infrared saunas. Yeah. So there's a continuous conversation going on, a healthy conversation to say, all right, look, if somebody wants to just buy the infrared sauna, and they're in the market for an infrared sauna. Right. Might as well sell them a higher dose sauna, right? Because they're going to buy one somewhere anyway. And you become right? known for it. Yeah, and it, maybe that's it's a great not name. Like, maybe that's not like the higher business dose. model. It's an easier name to remember. I have a terrible memory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, I mean the bishop yeah, but, though. Like if, you, if yeah. You, you know, people start throwing around, yeah, I got the bishop, or yeah. you know, I got classes inside of my my club. You know that are you know Muay Thai classes, and they're from New York. You know, yeah. I don't know maybe because I, I think a lot of studio owners are trying to say. 
right now, okay, look, how am I, if I want to grow, right. I don't necessarily need to. And some people, I was just reading some today. They got that, uh, Gallon, I got that uh, startups.com uh, or .org or something. But they send out an email every day and they're like, you know, there's millions of startups that don't raise any outside money except like their own personal capital and like friends right. and family. Like, not, it's not like an urge to like go and meet with all these VCs and like try and take in this family money. And then you're on like this hamster treadmill and you're trying to like grow because you took money in and somebody wants you to grow and you're like the jockey and it's like, oh, I, it. I just want to live in no time <laughs> and I just want to have my studio a couple blocks from my house and I want to make a living and I want to enjoy life. Right. So yeah. I feel like there's, um, some, so there's an in between that too. Yeah, there, there is, there's an in between of there's nothing you can't do with a hundred million dollars that you can do with a billion dollars. Sure. You can, have, you can have the exact same lifestyle. Correct. But I guess the question is, you know, if you, from, from your standpoint as an entrepreneur, you could say, okay, look, I'm going to go and build a couple more studios yep. and kind of fight that fight or say, Hey, look, I've, I've developed this really awesome proprietary Bishop. Maybe that's yeah. a, a way to scale my business without stressing you and Dana as people and as like yeah. priorities. Oh, so I sure. just want to kind of definitely you know, lay and, that and out there. We would love Bishop in every gym across the country. And when we first, so we worked with a uh, company, Century Martial Arts, the world's largest uh, martial arts manufacturer in the world. They do all mm -hmm. the UFC's equipment. Um, they're fantastic. They're out of Oklahoma city. Uh, good, really good people. Um, and they helped manufacture, develop it and manufacture it. So we went through a lot of different prototypes. The ultimate end was, basically developing it at the very last stages of, okay, how does this thing actually work in a physical space? Cause that's key. Cause if, if you want to talk about, can Bishop be in every home market? No, you got to drill a hole in your ceiling and how you're going to connect to your ceiling. Or do you have to use an elbow steel plate against the wall? And then you, but you have to have a hole in the floor. So it, it's, that's going to take Are a while. Are you asking to, me? Cause I don't know. Oh, I do. So that's, and the answer is I don't It's each, each place you put it in is going to have its own unique set of challenges. Right, it's going to be different forever. It can't just be delivered to you and then out the box. So, but it can be, it's, I mean, that's a whole nother fascinating car. I'd love to get into of like the home market and what's next with that. And I hope Peloton takes that money from JP Morgan and develops in holograms. Ooh, that's interesting. That's next. Forget it. Like anything yeah, else is crazy just like VR. an in-between, right? Like yeah. it's now going to be your favorite celebrity instructor beamed into your damn living room. They can already do it at concerts, you know, with yeah, baby yeah. Tupac and Tupac. Like, eventually just make it smaller, like basically like a home camp, like a security camera the size of. Yeah. And they're able to just in 10 years beam that image into your, anyway. How long do you think that's, at, how far out that 10 is? years. Oh, it is. 10. Look at the cell phone. I, I mean, it, it's, I think 10 years. Well, I was talking to a group the other day and we were talking about, you know, Peloton and having like the $3,000 screen. Yeah. And then we were talking about, you know, at what point are you just going to be able to hit like the flashlight button is going to be like a you know, projector. Yes. I'll just pop that into the bike. Yeah. It'll be Bluetooth into the bike. I'll buy the bike for 500 bucks ah. and pop it up against a white wall. In but between I like the hologram in between that's again, that's a bridge to the hologram. Bridge to the hologram. And, then, and then hologram will last for decades. It's a fatty, you know, it's a fatty industry and it's like yeah. fashion. It's similar to fashion with, I mean, it's an interesting point when you see like, okay, there's the, the mirror, yeah. right. Which is basically just like a stop gap until you get to a hologram. Exactly. And then the holograms, probably going to come out of your phone or 
beamed into exactly it'll start out with like something you have to attach to your something. ceiling or something yeah and then eventually it'll go to i mean i, I would imagine apple's already working on it i don't know but right. i mean i don't know yeah yeah neither do i yeah uh, okay. yeah I'm, not that we would right <laughs> it's <laughs> it's nice to theorize have about you been it, hol- have you personally been hologrammed yet no like, but know. you could be maybe and that's a way to get scale more classes yeah, that i mean you teach. video games right? right i mean i played nintendo growing up as a kid and right. in college i think that's when i stopped playing video games but the, the things that they can do now with that of being involved and it's just you're it's immersed in the world and technology so but what people like is with peloton is that you're at your favorite you know celebrity instructors studio with you're not in the crowd but you feel like you're at the concert so yeah i saw microsoft doing that with uh, meetings where they're doing like holograms of people so it's only a matter of time yeah i mean it's an interesting thing to think about when you say okay if you're an investor if you're an early stage investor you know somebody just put like 40 million bucks into tonal we put like 20 million bucks into like hydro row or something and then and then mirrors gotten a lot of vc money but it's like okay if you want to really leapfrog you got to go to hologram or yes. go, go to vr but a lot you of need commercial VC- bank money for that and that's what i think where peloton can stay at the top where they will never be challenged like amazon and google well and, once and they're public they'll have more access to, yeah, to cheaper financing and as long as they can cover their day-to-day overhead and then that's right. where i think they would just shift and pivot yeah which could be an interesting world that we live in, though, because you could, you know, as much as people can do at home, you know, I still like to go to, to yeah. the studio and I like to go to the gym. Exactly. And I hope that never goes and away. And, and that's, yeah, exactly. And it won't. And that's, that. Well, at least that's what we're betting on with Hit House is right. uh, brick and mortar still is one of the few things that can survive um, in, in, a, in a retail economy. Food fitness um i mean you still want to go to a concert so venues right even i i just read today malls or teenagers now i don't know if this is just an optimistic whatever but now teenagers are finding a different way to enjoy malls make it more activity based rather than just about shopping where it's just right. still people congregate and spend money which is what you need it instead yeah. of everybody just being a hermit and living everything being delivered to you and not getting out there so anyway i lost my train of thought so what was your second question so one of your questions is what's the biggest challenge right what is the biggest challenge yeah, every yeah. day is a new set of challenges every day is complex issues that you have to solve and mm-hmm. stay calm the uh the ac goes out one of your instructor shows up late your internet's down etc so you have to just in the moment deal with it Second thing is the city of New York, where, because it, it directly involves with ClassPass as well, where they've kind of set the market of what a fitness studio class costs. Mm-hmm. I personally think $35, $36 is too much for me personally. Right. That, and that's just my own discretionary but, spending. But ClassPass is, is at, you know, like 50% of that, no? Yes, On exactly. Average, yeah. And so unless every studio got together and said, we need to cut out the middleman, that's one way to describe class pass because they are, but there are good terms to that middleman. They've done all the marketing for it. Like the, the influx of people that we had that we never would have reached because we didn't have any money to spend on marketing sure, and advertising sure. never would have came. So uh, it, it's hopefully it's a relationship that continues to grow in that aspect. So, but the city of New York making it so difficult with just saying, you know, I have some apples. Would you like to buy them? Yes. That's as complicated as it can be as long as the fire department checks you out and you know, you get an asbestos test or whatever, where you're not a danger to the public, but all the nitpicking nonsense of outdated permit filing and the costs of that, just because it's so slow, so time consuming, not updated to technology where you could just, you know, snap a photo of something and then submit it right there and then get a yes 
you know, a thumbs up or thumbs down vote on it right? from somebody who, you know, a retired FDNY chief, right. And started his own business, Joe's inspection service, right. And have them competing for, you know, who's staying up to date and how to get more because the city is not with brick and mortar. It's just empty spaces. And now you're talking about taxing landlords, you know, for right, that empty keep space. The space. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. then, and so the city doesn't recognize yet of that. Okay. There's people willing to put up money mm-hmm. and people to execute that money in a fit in the fitness sector. But the, 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 the permit special permits you need, the scrutinous process that you have to go through to just open up a fitness studio. Yeah, you're, talking is about out like of the, you're talking about like the, the PC, the PC, the physical culture establishment permit. I mean, yeah. it, it has a name and that's number one, but that's yeah. just, and then, but with the domino effect of just having to get that, what that entails of the ridiculous. Right. So for listeners on the phone yeah. here, uh, on the call, listening to the podcast now <laughs> yeah. or, or call They're probably on, the on their phones and their headphones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There yeah, you go yeah. on your yeah. own phone. <laughs> Um, you know, the city of New York back in the seventies put in these rules to, to basically go after, uh, spas and, and people in saunas, you know, one, it was like for health risk, the legacy rule, like affects everyone who's opening up a spa, open, open up anything related to having a shower or a locker room or any kind yeah. of wet areas or so. So that's a big impediment. And a lot of studios open up without having that and then try and go get it retroactively. Correct. I don't think they shut people down. No, they don't. But, um, but it, but it is, you know, and this tens is where they made an easier process where exactly. And then uh, where they're going to get more out of working with you than against you and fining you and punishing you for trying to be an entrepreneur and trying to, right. that's, it's just at the core of it. Like what the principle is where if they really took a hard look at it going half the gyms don't operate. So it's cheaper to just work with them and take a smaller slice of whatever pie for taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the biggest things I'm proud of is collecting sales tax. I, I believe in having refuse workers. I believe in having a fire department. I believe in, you know, in, sure. in, in yeah, we do a lot like this to work. And they, it, it should be a high, it, it should be highly financed <laughs> for better lack of a better sure. term. Yeah. Sure. But, uh, for right now, just what the trend is, it, it just no longer needed the PC. It's too outdated. Call it something else. Call it the noise permit. Because that's mm-hmm. really the only thing when you go through all the hearings about is the only thing that still exists is not are you a, a brothel or are you selling illicit sex? It's are you bothering your neighbors? Right, right. So the neighbors have a lot of power in this. And we were fortunate to be able to work with our neighbors. And, and our building, it's a residential unit. And it's, um, it's apartments that people have lived there for decades. Mm-hmm. So our community board is very... Um, tight knit community board with community board two in that neighborhood. So, so do you, did you, how, how did that process go? Did you introduce there was some hazing. yourself? Yeah, of course. A little yeah. hazing, a little, a little, they hazed us. We had to show that we were sincere and that we were going to try to, um, do what's best and, and cooperate and be useful. And anytime it is, you're feeling something too loud, whatnot, more than happy to come up. And, you know, I, for me, I, I grew up, your neighbor needs a shovel. You give him your shovel and then you grab another shovel and go help him dig. Yeah. Gotcha. So what's the future hold for the next couple of years? What's your top priorities? Yeah. Um, speaking of New York, because of how difficult it is to open up a brick and mortar space where they should really be wanting this thing to happen. Um, you got to look at second and third tier markets where mixed martial arts is growing. Um, places like Salt Lake City, uh, Denver, Austin. You have, you know, millennials and that, that have discretionary spending, or at least that's what they spend it on. They may be working in a gig economy, you know, and, and living frugally, but they don't have children. Mm-hmm. They're not married. They don't have, they have a lot of student debt, but, and they don't honestly vacation as much. They do like right. little mini They're Each time they go out and do an experience, that's a little mini vacation for them. So mm-hmm. they don't do two walk. They don't do a two week cruise with their four kids. So 
uh, and there's a lot of them that live in those areas and it's, and they're welcoming you with open arms, you know, great, sure. great. You got a fire alarm. Cool. Great. Good luck. Good <laughs> luck to you. We'll, we'll be back for the sales tax. Right. And, and we're proud to pay sales tax. That was sure, the kind of sure. point I was trying to get into. We want to contribute that way. So you're saying look at look at some tier two markets, look at where the, the bishop yeah, can and, go. And on we're franchise. So you, you would take selective franchising where you'd find good partners because there's plenty of traditional camps out there with the personnel. And that's what it is about the personnel of the our instructors. Of all of our instructors have competition experience, either in Muay Thai or mixed martial arts, um, high level. We have an Olympic boxer, Jennifer Chang. She boxed for the Philippines back in 2014. Okay. She's fought in Bellator, which is essentially the uh, UFC is number one, Bellator be number two as far as promotions go. Got it. Uh, yeah, what channel? What are they on? CBS or what's uh, yeah, they actually I think they are Bellator on CBS now, and I think they still do a little some pay per views, but yeah, they're they're main mainstream as well. So, so what's your favorite quote if you have one? Ah, thought about this. Um, ah, good. I'm glad I gave you the list, gentlemen. What we do in life echoes in eternity. Russell Crowe, Gladiator. I know he didn't write it, but from that moment. That's good. That works. That works. That works. I moved to New York. Um, I dropped out of University of Idaho. I was playing football, and uh, I took Theater 101, dropped out my junior year, realized, you know, football's not for me. I'm getting injured too much. Uh-huh. It, it, but, you know, I played a little bit. and So I moved to New York. My brother was living here and uh, enrolled at HB Studios and just started studying Meisner Technique and Scene Study. So I wanted to be Russell Crowe when I moved to New York. That was my intention. It was more of, I think, with some of the hard parts was, you know, hearing stories about him. He was at the plaza, I think. Yeah. And uh, his phone dropped, you know, still on landline phone. And he's getting a call from home in Australia and it cuts out, takes the phone. He hits the bellhop over the head with it out of anger. Obviously, it's a terrible <laughs> thing to do. And he was arrested and went to jail and rightfully so. But it was just more than like how ridiculous. And uh, so, but I really enjoyed um uh, acting as far as the organic moments that would happen. Uh -huh. and, and it really is a collaboration and just something would spark and, and it's thrilling. Yeah. So I really like enjoyed improv that. Improv or you were doing? Improv, I was doing improv. Yeah. Um, I did some roles on a soap opera. I, I played a cop, had a name, but it was under five lines. Okay. Um, so did some plays. Well, I mean, part of, to, part of running a, a fitness class, I mean, you are. Yeah, you know, not, not necessarily acting, but I mean, you're 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 live entertainment. Right? You're being looked at. You're yeah. being watched. Yeah. So, yeah, and you, and you want to bring uh, genuinity and uh, authenticity to it. So, I don't know. Did you just be more transparent about it? But yeah, that's the no. favorite quote. It's a good. <laughs> no, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, well, look, uh, you know, we we love anybody who's uh, who's making a. Uh, you know, a hit in the industry yeah. really like providing nice. something that people are looking for. Um, also family businesses, I think should be, um, you know, championed and Thank not yes. everything needs to be like a private equity deal or a VC deal. It's like, Hey, look, this is our family business. You know, this is kind of like the new, it, it should be kind of the new norm versus, yeah. you know, like when there used to be like family, you know, grocery stores and diners and, you know, people yeah. own businesses and that's right. like the small business economy. And is families defined doesn't necessarily have to be a husband and wife. You know, it can be your cousin. It can be. Yeah. Just, you know, enjoying what you do. A and, guy and you call uncle or, or aunt because you've been so close because you grew up together now with the family dynamics of where everybody's able to really have access. I mean, that's the big access to capital really is how do you start a brand? You have to have access to capital and not everybody has that. So that's yeah. what makes a family business kind of tough. Yeah, but you start off and you you know you see where it goes, but you, you know you, you build it based on your image, based on your philosophy, and see what that produces, and then you know take the next step after that. Some people like try and build something in order to 
come in here and say, Hey, I'm building this $500 million business. Like, why don't you yeah. build like one studio and show that that works before? Like, you, <laughs> yeah, I no, forget about scaling anything. Like, yeah, just kind of no. calm down. You know, your first half, that's great advice. Yeah. I like that. Well, thanks for coming on the show. It was great talking to you. Appreciate it. Glad we're, uh, glad we're friends now. Thank so you. Thanks, Gallon. Uh, right. Headhouse uh, address is 2 Spring Street. It's on the corner of Spring and Bowery. Uh, class barefoot, no socks or, or socks. Don't need gloves. We have them fresh, clean, fresh out of the wash and dryer, slip on neoprene gloves. So just bring yourself. That's all you need. Nice. We play DMX, mashed up with Miley Cyrus. I threatened to play the Little Mermaid soundtrack. We don't take ourselves seriously, but we seriously get after it with Muay Thai. And we, we throw full, awesome. full strikes. So if you're in no chai, <laughs> hit the no hit chai. house. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks. All right, awesome. Thank you.